0: A.K.A. a Mad Painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the People's
1: War. Fight it. Fight it, then. Fight it
0: with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We've got to stop us! They're going to kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone! Where well, you would be time when the operation of the machine becomes so
1: obvious, makes you so sick at heart! you can't take part. You can't even possibly take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the change to the people who run it, to the people who own it. And unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio
0: station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. Right, you tell them
1: Welcome to Cryptic's I've Been Thinking.
0: What's this show all about? Well it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency, true crime, natural law, the occult. No topic is off limits here. He has always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe, he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick. Rick.
1: Well, Welcome everybody. We are back. It is another Monday evening. hope everybody had themselves a great weekend. That's what I'm hoping. I hope it was a nice weekend. We actually had great weather up here in Canada, so it was actually starting to get warm. I like to give everybody my little update on the weather, because as I keep telling people, I am tired of the cold. So it's starting to get warm, and I'm looking forward to summer and spring and all the great things. That is for sure. So... But I, before I get my guest on, I always like to tell everybody, you guys all know that your Revolution Radio, it is listener supported. That means that we, you know, it's you guys that make all of this work for uh, for everyone and keeps freedom alive and uh, freedom of speech alive. And, uh, you know, as we all know, they are trying to do their best to censor us and they're doing a great job at it. So, I mean, it's a great uh, thing to support and get behind anyone who's trying to support freedom and getting the message out there so lots of great ways you can do that Uh, if you go up to the top of the page and you can donate there's a lot of great ways cryptocurrency if that's your thing you can use uh, bitcoin bitcoin cash they accept ethereum and you can also uh, do uh, patreon so if that's a great way to do it you can just take a little bit out every month whatever you decide you want to donate every month and that comes out of your account and it all helps support uh, keeping this uh, channel station going and Freedom Alive. A lot of great hosts on here with a lot of amazing content. And so I think it's a great thing to get behind. Don't forget to check out the shop too. We were kind of talking about it on my Saturday show when I had a Matt Painter on and Steven from the Red Pill and lots of great merchandise on there, T-shirts and new cups that, for a lot of the hosts that are on uh, Revolution Radio. So check them out, because I think the Cups are really cool, and Imad's doing a really great job at them. So if you have a favorite host or a couple that you like, definitely go check out the shop and check the Cups out, because like I said, they're cool. I really like them, so definitely do that. And it all goes to help supporting the station and keeping freedom alive, so it's a great thing to get behind. Uh, And thanks to everybody who is donating to. I always forget to say that. Thank you for everybody who is donating and supporting It is super important. We are definitely under attack and we got to do our best to fight back. And this is a great way to do it. So thank you guys for sure. And now I want to introduce my guest. I just give you a little bit of how I found my guest. I was definitely uh, been checking out a, a lot of great channels and you guys know I'm really big into natural law and, uh, the occult looking into stuff that is hidden and objective morality and all the things that are under that umbrella. It's really important to me, something I l- try to learn about every day. So, And so I was watching, I had Chris uh, Jansen on a couple weeks ago, I think. I can't remember exactly. It kind of blurs together with all my shows. And we were talking about a lot of great topics. And then I came across this gentleman, uh, an interview that Chris did with him on his YouTube uh, channel, and uh, loved the topic. They were talking about shadow work and how important it is, and that is something I think is super important that people, everybody needs to sit and do with themselves and start doing, and I think that's very important to uh, in the process of kind of waking up and learning about all of the things that I was speaking about, like natural law, and I think it's the foundation, at least it was for me, and so when I saw this interview, it was amazing. It made me start looking into some of his other content on the One Great Work Network, which there's an amazing host on there, talking about all of these topics and so much to learn so definitely check out that website and so I thought I'd get him on the show because he's got an amazing story and it was kind of cool because we were talking off the air before the show and a lot of the things are similar in our lives in in certain areas dealing with addiction and stuff like that so I knew I had to get him on the show and talk to us and hear his story and think it'll be great so I just want to welcome my guest Jonathan Wright Jonathan are you there my friend?
0: I am, Rick. Thank you.
1: Great to have you here. I know it was a little bit short notice,
0: but we made it happen. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I, I do a lot of uh, flying by the seat of my pants, going with the flow. So, uh, that's the, the way to notice, do it. Yeah, short notice is just fine.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that is definitely the way to do it. And as I was saying to be like I just said at the beginning here, that I found your interview with uh, Chris Jansen, and it was on shadow work. And so immediately I had to click on it and watch it. And that's how I started to learn about uh, you and your work and stuff like that. And it brought me to the one great network and uh, I love your content. And just a, that interview was really powerful and I hope people check it out and you can find it on YouTube under Chris Jansen. It's, that's his YouTube channel's name. And you can go on there and uh, find that interview with Jonathan. And it was very
0: powerful when I watched
1: it. It was really good.
0: Cool. Well, I, yeah, I appreciate that. That. Honestly, it's probably the first time I had told my story uh, well, it was for sure the first time I had told my story and had it recorded of any sort and right. and I, I you know I've told my story a few times, I suppose, but I've never really kind of i guess you know backed up to say like maybe the beginning of when I even initially you know the first time I drank, I can' even remember that time and and then I can kind of figure there was a time where i I decided not to drink at all. And that was long before there was ever a problem. I just I was like, you know, pretty young. And I was like, I wonder if I could not drink around everybody who's always drinking. Right. And yeah. Yeah. It was no no problem at all. I really did it just to kind of show myself that, yeah, this isn't an issue. How could this be a problem for people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then, of course, 10 years down the road, I was going to get that that answered. So <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. That, and I that was that's one thing that we kind of connected on was definitely with the drinking because I, I definitely had problems with alcohol years ago that was that was kind of uh what i uh, how i dealt with when i got the news for my disease at 16 years old i didn't know at that age i didn't know how to deal with it and um when you get that type of news that you know you're possible you're going to be in a wheelchair by the time you're in your mid-20s and stuff like that which none of which what the doctor said ever really happened that way but you know when you hear that at 16 years old you you just i wasn't spiritually mature enough to even you know, or mature in any way enough to process that. So I dealt by kind of throwing a Band-Aid on it, which was drinking. And uh, that's what I did for years. I just, that's how I dealt with it. And uh, so it's really, um, and I've lost friends to addiction too. I was telling you off the air uh, through the COVID here and stuff like that, with all the lockdowns that they were doing, they couldn't go to their meetings. And I lost a couple really good friends to addiction because they couldn't uh, have that support at the time. So it's Mm -hmm. something very important to me and very uh something i think a lot of people deal with and a great topic because there is you can get out of it i mean that's why i always say the basis for me was doing the shadow work on myself and doing that so i but i'd love to hear if you want to tell people a little bit about your story or whatever you're comfortable
0: telling i i think that'd be a great place to start sure man yeah i'm 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 pretty much comfortable telling all um perfect it's it's kind of a matter of like I said, I haven't really ever put it down in a, in a linear form before. So, um, it's, it's a couple of times I have maybe, but not, not in its entirety. So we'll, I'll, I'll give it my best shot here to, to go for the great, full yeah. Stretch because, yeah, because I, I know I got a good bit of time and <laughs> I, I, I am decent at telling stories. I've been a talker my whole life and so I'll make it interesting. And I, uh, I know there's a lot of really cool stuff in it because it's just everybody I've told is like, wow, that's, uh, that needs to be a book or that should be a book. And for so, sure. Yeah yeah eventually that'll that'll work itself out maybe but so i guess um you know uh I, I will tell you let's let's tell you about the first time i really kind of wanted to know about some stuff and i was i was probably 20 uh i would have been 26 no not quite 26 about 24 and i decided i wanted to know what cocaine was and so i i this was right after about a year after the time frame that I just talked about where I was like, I wonder if I can just not drink. Mm -hmm. You know, I was drinking beer and I'd have shots once in a while. But like I was like, hmm, I I like smoking weed and that's really all. And and I think I can just not drink around all these people that always go to parties and always drink, etc. And sure, I I was able to not drink. And I, you know, maybe a year or after that, I was kind of in the mode for whatever reason. I was like, I just want to know about cocaine. So I literally said a prayer uh, to God at the time. That's just how my whole paradigm was and i prayed i said look i i just want to know about this so and with bells on the answers came you know what i mean like i Mm -hmm. it's almost like i had no idea but my neighbor was selling it and so after i make that prayer you just find out wow that's just right next door and okay and so uh, within just like instantly like a month had gone by and I had done it every single day for a month. And I was just like, wow, you know, like and I, I went, well, oh, well, you know, I mean, I consciously made that, oh, well, kind of shrugged it off. I mean, I was 24 or 25, you know, it was like, whatever, you know, well, we're going to see what it is. And that that ended up leading me into, I guess, ultimately how I became an alcoholic, because for years I was. Not even really snorting it wasn't really the way because it was just kind of crappy cocaine. So I would make foilies, you know, I was basically smoking it. Right. And, um, that over time, and by say over time, I'd say after about f- five or six years of just kind of intermittent back and forth type, always kind of just regularly type of using it if I can, um, then that progressed into like crack cocaine. Um, and somebody just handed me some one time and was like, do you want a blast? And I was like, well, I don't really know what you mean. And how he, how he knew to offer me that i don't know i don't know that we had talked about it or but it must just be some vibe that people can sense you know because i mean he was my neighbor at the time and we were cool with each other but like there would have been no reason that he thought to hand me that or or ask me about that and he did and i was like absolutely so it was just very odd i was like it's very weird that you asked me that because yes i do (laughs) crazy anyway it's just weird how the the whole energy thing works you know and when you're in that when you're in that world it's like you smell like it. You look like it. You know everything. Who knows? I, I, of course, you think you don't. You don't think you do. I think I'm looking great and I'm okay and I'm th- fooling everybody. Whatever. Right. Um. Yep. And then you know, you in retrospect, who who knows how ridiculous I actually looked? But to myself in retrospect, it's pretty bad. So.
1: But wow. yeah. See, with cocaine, I I've only ever because I was a drinker. That that was my thing. And then I found out over the years that pretty much all the males in my in in the one side of the family were all alcoholics. Like it's really weird when you start looking into it how it like it was just kind of like a, a just every male and for going you know what i mean for years back i looked we're all heavy heavy drinkers so it was never a surprise that i was and i remember trying cocaine i try i've tried it twice and i i i mean i'm i don't get it i don't know what people see in it i didn't enjoy it i didn't see the i hear these great stories about it so i wanted to try it and yeah. i kind of i tried it twice and both times it just, maybe I had bad stuff. I mean, that's probably, probably, that's what people tell me. They're like, oh, you probably just had really bad stuff because you might, have, you should have liked it. I didn't like it. Didn't yeah. do much for me. So, I mean, that's my big cocaine story. I did it twice at a party and it, I, I never had a desire to do it again. So, I find that really fascinating when some people do latch on to it and, and, uh, like you did and, and enjoy it. I, for me, I was definitely a drinker. That was my, the, my good thing I like to do is drink. So, yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: I, I I came to that. You know. Oh boy. I I I definitely came to that. And it was um it was a long time. You know. And I definitely drank throughout. Um. Just just I I guess you would say just being a, a drug addict. I, I you know I I I tried all sorts of drugs. You know. And people would tell me, oh well, then if you liked cocaine that much, well, don't ever try speed because then that, or or meth or whatever, never, you know, Because then that's that's actually what most people are looking for when they find cocaine. Is what I was told. They're like most people once they do try meth. Because it's such a nasty word. They try cocaine first because it's like, oh, it comes from a plant and meth. ooh, it comes from a lab. Right. And so once they do, they go, oh, that's actually what I've been looking for, though. Like like full tilt, like just better than caffeine, I guess. That's all I ever got out of it. I was like, this is like a like a six-pack of Dr. Pepper that won't go away. Like, that doesn't <laughs> do much for me. Why cocaine did, I can't tell you. Um, and it didn't really ultimately. Like, I mean, in the initial very maybe first month, maybe. But, like, after that, it becomes this, like – I don't know. It's this thing that you just like, I think ultimately it's like hanging out with people and the the good times that you get from the situation, dude. It has nothing to do ultimately with the drug because let's take it to where it would go then you by yourself doing the drug and then. paranoid in a house with all the windows (laughs) shut the curtains shut (laughs) and and just making sure you've wiped everything down and nobody can't and and nobody's coming over no one's coming over no one's calling and no one's supposed to but you're worried that someone's coming over and they're going to find what you know residues are and it's just it's so ridiculous it's so yeah and
1: and that's what i've heard from other people that have talked about like i've listened to a lot of interviews with past uh, people that were addicted to cocaine and other drugs and they said after a while it was not about actually getting high they never really got high off it anymore it was the ritual of going to get the drug, you know, knowing that you're doing something that's bad. So that they were addicted to doing the process of getting it, getting the drug, getting it home, getting all prepared to do the drug. That was what they, at least in the interviews I listened to, that was what they were addicted to was that uh, the, the getting the drug and setting up and doing it. But right. they weren't really getting high from it. And then they, then they tell you about all the paranoid stories, especially with cocaine. They're paranoid. They're they're looking out their window every three minutes because they think people are following them and watching them and I'm just I never got it that's why I probably never liked it I'm like I don't I don't want to get high and be
0: paranoid like that's no fun like I don't want to be like that you know and what's funny is that like I would get high and get paranoid and ask myself why do I like this right like like for months (laughs) dude months went by like that where I would be like what am I even enjoying I guess maybe I was aware enough at that point to just really question what is it about this that I like I mean, because it was just, I don't know, dude, it was crazy. So anyway, like, I guess how I got out of that, you know, because as I'm doing that, that's where drinking came from, because that's the only way to go to sleep. Exactly. And and you, no matter how much you just blow off work and don't want to go into work and call into work, and there's days where you just do have to still get up and go, and it's getting on 2 a.m., and you have to get up at 6. Mm -hmm. And so next thing, so, man, so you just learn to slam booze after your after your ritual you give you do your ritual and then you give yourself okay it's going to be this time and then, all right and then you just slam a bunch of booze and lay down and you eventually pass out and then when you do that long enough your your body becomes like to the point where it starts needing the alcohol and you don't really yeah. maybe recognize it at first but it it becomes that and and so certainly that's that is what happened with me and you know, like quitting smoking crack, which is ultimately just where I was. It wasn't—I mean, calling it doing cocaine. I was smoking crack, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's such a trash. It's a trashy thing. It, it, yeah. And right. and so you know, if somebody's out there doing it right now, I feel for you, and I—I'm with you. I'm not—I'm not judging you. I'm just saying it's a trashy thing and stop doing it because you're better than that. And and so I—I I, I just, you know, I—I I came to a point where I said I'm done with this, and I don't know how to be done with this. So I was begging, dude, begging God. And again, I prayed for it and I said, hey, show me what cocaine is. And within like an hour, there was ding, ding, here you go. Here's what it is. Wow. And I'm, now I'm laying in my bed for months, dude, months begging God, please take this away from me. Please take this away from me. Why? And I'm like, why won't this work? Why can't? It seems like everything I've prayed for and, and done, I've been able to pull off and it works. And I'm like, there's God helping me. I can feel him doing the part for me I can't do. And on this one, it was just like, nope, you're on your own. And I couldn't figure it out, and I didn't know why. And uh, so I'm begging, I'm begging, I'm begging. And finally it came to me, and I just – my own voice in my head. I'm not saying, like, you know, the thundering voice of God came through, but, like, you can call it whatever you will. The correct answer came from me inside me, but it wasn't my conscious me. You know what I mean? And call it, like,
1: your inner voice. People call it their – yeah. I mean, a lot of people call it something like inner –
0: I call it my inner voice. Yep, that works. That, that's a perfect term for this. And I, I told myself, you have to tell the two people that you're lying to about it, and it'll go right away. And that would have been my mom and my, at the time, fiancé. So you can imagine how that sounded inside my mind. Oh, I have to tell the two most important and really kind of the only people in my life uh, that I'm smoking crack all the time. And lying to them about it. And they know nothing. They knew nothing. They probably sensed something, but they have no idea to the extent. And right. I was just blown away. I was like, no way is that what I'm going to do. And <laughs> Anything but that. <laughs> right. And then, And then because I thought that, I was at least smart enough to go, well, then that means that is what it is. And I just had to sit there in a bummed out motion for a while and be like, oh, this is going to suck. And that's what I did. And it went away. I literally told them both. I just said, well, I sat my mom down and I explained it to her and she kind of did the same. Yep. I kind of felt something was going on. I didn't know what, but wow, you know. Right. And I told her why I was telling her. And, I, you know, I hadn't been to any counselors. No one had given me any advice. I was just like, I'm telling you so that this will go away because I don't know how to get rid of it otherwise. And then I told my, my fiancé at the time and and it literally did. It just went away. I never had a desire to do it again. I just stopped going that way home on the way home from work like literally it was that easy I just on the way home from work I mean it wow. was uh yeah and and they knew I had a good job and and that I paid so talk about they were fronted they would front me anything I wanted all the time I could I was never at a lack didn't matter what day or what time and I just it just went away so and I didn't understand why that happened until I went through the AA program later m- much later in life Right and, and, Right and I figured out what it was I did that that oh, what step it was, even specifically that I did that made that go away, and I mean ultimately, I had done a a minor little itty bit of shadow work, you know like not yeah. not much at that point, but enough enough of a concept of it of of the workings of it to be able to at least release that that problem and I think maybe it was so easily left because there was such a much bigger problem still hanging on. And w- however that energy works, it was like, okay, that one can go because there's a much bigger, much harder issue to solve here. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, for sure. And, and that, that, that's what I always tell people too. Like I was doing shadow work for years on myself. I didn't know that w- that's what it was called. I mean, I, w- I would just sit with myself and, and really ask myself hard questions and be brutally honest with myself. And, and that's the key I think for shadow work is that you you can't lie to yourself like it, you're not you have to be brutally honest and ask the hard questions and the things that you believe and I was I always kind of did that um from very young I, I was always questioning things and stuff like that I mean I was telling you about what I and I've told it on the show when I went to Catholic school from grade 1 to 8 I was always in trouble for asking questions I was just somebody that always was doing that I mm. and so I would ask questions and so I think that helped with my shadow work when I would sit by myself. And like, as I said, I didn't know it was called shadow work at the time. I never heard that term. And I have to thank Mark Passio for I really enjoy his presentations and his podcast, his teachings. And so I, lear- I started to learn the terminology by of these terms through his work. And so I really have to thank him for that because I never, like I said, knew it was called shadow work. But I was doing a form of it all the time by questioning myself kind of like you were doing and asking yourself the hard questions. And I think that's a great, you have to do that to get your foundation before you start. And you have to be, like I said, it's very, it's hard work. I mean, that's why they call it shadow work. And I think people think it's really easy to just sit with yourself and question yourself and really be honest with yourself. But when they it's called shadow work for a reason. It's hard work. It's not fun.
0: No, it sure is not. And it's, it's, and you know, as far as fun, but, man it's not easy you know yeah, it's yeah. it's it's simple and that's the key is that and and ultimately what it was because when i even think back about it like i really wasn't even doing shadow work i was just basically telling myself to as as closely as i could to my my loved ones stop being a liar like really i was i that's that's as close as i was i was like dude just stop lying for a second please just Please stop lying. And it wasn't even to yourself because that was a much harder bridge and much further down the road to cross. It was like just to the people that are directly that you're lying to every day all the time. My God, dude, stop it. And so I went, wow, okay. And I did that and then bam, that went away. And then, you know, so because I was such a liar, dude, that's all I did. And and just consistently, like, like I was manipulating myself into oh, believing for sure yeah. you know what i mean like and i was oh, really good sure. at manipulating others too uh to get what i want and protect yep. the, oh I, i'm not that bad of a guy and all this and i feel sorry for me and i could do all that and yep and that's it, the
1: thing with when you have an addiction with when i was drinking i was great at lying and i was great at lying to myself more than anything like yeah. i really was like and it's and that just comes with being a an, a an addict i guess right you just become good at at lying to people and then especially to yourself and so I get what you're saying when you say that for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I lived with this woman and it was like she would ask me sometimes, like at the height, like right before I sobered up, right before I quit, she would she would ask me, she would like, have you been drinking? And I would just look at her and I'd, I'd be so drunk and I'd, you know, I'd be like, no. And then she'd laugh at me, like all pissed <laughs> off. And, and I'd be like and I even got to the point where I'd ask her, I'd be like, well, then why do you even ask? You know what I mean? Like, why, why do you make me say it? Like, and then, but then I would be like, how can I be mad at her for that? Like, oh yeah. man, it was such a weird, and, and she did enable me and, you know, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that part later because <laughs> yeah. that, that's on down the scoot. But, um, right. you know, I just ultimately like becoming addicted to alcohol, like through, you know, like another drug and then getting rid of that drug. And then, so now I'm like, I'm free of of cocaine and crack, like completely. I'm like, okay, it's done, it's gone. Wow, cool. And I didn't even recognize and my my drinking yet. I mean, it was starting to show its head now because I was. That's the only thing I was doing. But I was like, okay, but I'm not smoking crack now, so this is okay, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. justifying. Plus, you can go buy it legally, etc. I was
1: just gonna say it's more acceptable. You can buy it anywhere. So and it helps not the me same. sleep still. And, and yeah, and, it's yeah. Yep. And,
0: Yep, and I apparently was having these mad crying fits up in my. Uh, I was living with my mom at the time, and so I was staying in the same room I'm in now, actually. But such a different perspective. But I, 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 I guess she would. Co- she was telling me that she would come upstairs and lay next to me in this in, in my bed in, in this big ass bed, and and like I was crying and freaking out about things like on a regular basis, and I would be like, no. She's like, you don't remember any of that, Any i um, like, like from last night, and she's like, from like most nights and I'm just like really? oh my goodness. So that's how I was like wow and and she she knew I was an alcoholic at that point and I was just, you know. So a couple more months went by and I was like I'm moving back to Colorado. And and she was like well kind of angry but kind of glad. She was like good go go get your own life, you know, you need to get away from me and get away from this. You're you're not doing well here. And I was like yeah, I know. And I had a really good friend out in Colorado offer me the opportunity. He's like come live in my basement pay me nothing, worry about nothing, get out of there and come here and just get yourself here. That's what you have to do is get yourself here. And, you know, this is Colorado, so weed's legal. So he had a weed operation. He's like, you can grow weed for me and that's how you can pay me and, and we'll work this thing out. So I was like, sweet. So I left and I I went out there and just, you know, proceeded to just be a an alcoholic um, at that point, I was like, yep, that's what I am. That's what I'm doing. Um, kind of, you know, before I had quit smoking crack or whatever, and in the process of – I, like, realized, wow, I think I'm becoming an alcoholic. And I said that to myself at one point, And I went, oh, well. I mean, you know, at this point, whatever. I'm a drug addict and an alcoholic. It's like, well, it is just is what it is. Right. right. Um, and so now I'm out in Colorado, and I'm about to meet my fiancé, my new fiancé, and I'm just – About to also kind of get kicked out of his house because, I mean, I was just I was able to function real well. But like it was starting to catch up to me and there was nothing. There was no motivation, nothing to do. And it was catching me quickly. And so he kind of kicked me out at the same time that another good friend said, I, I won the lottery and I've been able to build my business. And I would like you to initially just come up to Blackhawk and go gambling with me. And then as we went to go do that, he offered me a job building a house with him. And I said, well, yeah, but I don't know how to do any of that. I'll teach you everything. Sweet. So in comes a new motivation and a new, oh, energy from, you know, now that can bolster all the alcohol that I pour into myself. So for for the next three years, I was good to go on continuing the level of drinking I was doing that was – taking me out when I was living in my friend's basement and now I had this new job and all this new stuff to learn and all these new things and a new woman and a new family that I was living with and just everything. So I was like, man, like I toned my drinking back a little and just all that newness and fun excitingness. I was able to go right back into hiding it very well, not really being noticeably like, you know, an alcoholic and, and that, that pushed me on through for, for quite some time. Um, just wow, into, that, that's
1: really interesting, John. Like, like that—that that you could hide it. Like, I'm—I just, just know from experience how hard it is to try to hide it. the the amount of work. And anybody that has been an addict or, or anything knows the amount of work it goes into to hiding it. And it's so exhausting. It was for me to, the, you know, and you start trying to hide it, and you're always like trying to hide it and make sure that people think everything's going great in your life, and you're, you know, and stuff. So I mean, I can imagine and that that was hard for you at that time. I mean, you you had the new job, and you have a new woman and everything, but you still got that addiction that you're trying to hide and and still, you know, act normal kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's weird because the my woman like she and even the guy that kicked me out of out of his basement, like I didn't start really kind of trying to hide it until he mentioned it. And he didn't mention it in any kind of way of, other than like, "Wow, that's kind of a lot." And then it was like, "Oh, you, okay. If you can only imagine right. the, the little switch that got flipped, it's like, oh, you're right, it is a lot. You know what I mean? Like, right. You'll you'll never see it again like that. You'll never again see it like that. And and it just how it was. And then I and then that makes you be a little bit more keen because he was a good friend, and so I was being as on more honest, right? More honest, more right? open. Yep. And uh, I, oh, oh, there goes that. I I just won't do that anymore with anybody ever. You know what I mean? It's like, well, really? nobody yeah. can ever hear because because why would I? If my closest best friend was like, wow, dude, you're drinking a lot. And, of course, that's like, no, you're noticing me drink a lot, you know, or whatever. Right, yeah, right. So, so yeah, I just hid that right away. And and then when I was going to move in with with my woman, she was helping me move from this little apartment I was in to her place, and she just saw a bag with, like, you know, a collection from several days, but I didn't want to just keep going and throwing them in the trash. Regardless of why I had them, I had a whole bunch of large vodka bottles that were empty, and she saw that, and she knew then. She told me like um, after three years. She's like I, I, I knew then, and I knew I knew I was being an idiot, right? And I mm. I I have to look at the thing and say, well, I think it was a a positive thing in the overall. I hope she took away from it what I did in in our situation that we both loved each other for sure, and it ended up with her kicking me out because that was the only thing that she could have logically done, and I would have kept coming back if she would have let me. And really?
1: so, and do you, do you think that that like as you always hear people say that people that are addicts eventually hit a rock bottom like they're and you hear that from everybody that's in recovery and at least I have and even in interviews I've heard from many people rock stars everybody they kind of have their bottom where they hit it and everybody's bottom's different and so was that your bottom I'm just curious when when she gave you that ultimatum like did she give you an ultimatum was it like okay Jonathan you have to stop drinking or you're out or how did that kind of was that your bottom like is or one of the bottoms how did that
0: go? She she probably kicked me out oh five or six times or seven oh, okay throughout the three years that we lived together so uh and and most of those times came in the last year and a half so okay. it was like you got to go and then I'd leave and then I'd go stay with somebody or stay somewhere I'd manage something for a day or two or for even sometimes a week and then she'd miss me right and I'd be over doing what I was doing and so we and we'd talk about it and then um yeah so she finally one weekend. And it's crazy because this was – this is what on paper would look and sound like a really good bottom because I – she was – we were close, man. She was so done with me, and I was just – it was it was so close. And she was leaving to take her daughter and her daughter's friend back to Nebraska, and they were going to be home on Sunday, and it was Friday. So I got home from work <laughs> after having been fired, and then she left – and with her, her daughter. And I I was like, well, I could tell her before she leaves, but then she'll just worry all weekend and no. So, so I got to, I got to survive all weekend in that house drinking and, uh, just, and being like, well, I don't know what to do. I know I've lost my job. And, and then, so Sunday comes around and I know she's going to be coming back and I'm still drinking and it's 9am. And I'm like, now I'm worried because I know she's coming home. I know she's going to be angry like it's just things aren't going well and i'm i'm already too drunk really to for sure hide it or but even really kind of be normal and she walks in the door and sees me and just goes get out i mean that was that was that was how that one went wow. and there was never any simpler one right they all the other ones were big long explanations and all this stuff and you and drama this one so she hit she hit her bottom with you, you. bet <laughs> yeah at that point like, right and she was so angry, but so sad at the same time. I could just see it. And she was beyond sad at that point, really. In the in the initial, like she was just like, "Wow, you have just go." <laughs> yeah. And um, so yeah, no, it wasn't. It was not there because you'd think, yeah, getting kicked out and losing the woman and the family. You know what I mean? Because she had a daughter too, and I was like, that was my family. And and um, so a job and the and the family and the house. Mm -hmm. and I was just like well now we're in a truck and luckily I had a truck and I still had my tools and so I started sleeping in the truck and was like all right well you know the first night I slept at a bank and I was like you know I'll get away with this once and then the next night I was like yeah there's cameras everywhere and I shouldn't do that again and um ironically enough the next night I stayed at the church where I would end up going to AA meetings, but not yet. And so I went there, and I stayed in that parking lot. And uh, here's a crazy story. So I'm laying in the back of my pickup, and I'm drunk, and I had put my keys on top of my passenger side front tire because I was like – I had just believed that, oh, if a cop comes up and my keys are there, then I won't get in trouble or arrested for DUI. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, whatever, I was drinking and stuff. So anyway, that's where they were. And I'm laying down in the back of my truck and all like my whole life that I, you know, I've been kicked out. And so it's all crammed into the front of this like m- kind of extended cab. But it's an 86 Nissan pickup just so everybody has a picture in their mind of what it is. Right. The, the very slightly extended cab, you know, like a little bit of room back behind the seat. And it's just all crammed with stuff. And I hear it's probably 1030 at night and I'm laying there and I'm trying to go to sleep because I'm. Just passing out and like, wow, I'm I'm homeless. This sucks. Let's just drink all day and then now go to bed. And I hear a car pull up and I'm like, oh, that's that's a cop car. I can hear it, you know. Like, I'm, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to jail for DUI. Oh, no, this sucks. This sucks. And I just waited and I waited and I waited and he sat there and sat there and sat there. And then he just kind of reversed and drove off. Oh, and I just felt so much better. Yeah, for and sure. 30 seconds later, he came right back and sat oh. in the same spot. And did the exact same thing, and then he left, and he did that twelve times. Wow, you must have like, been
1: going. You, I, my nerves would have been so bad by. That. Oh my god, dude, I was.
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what was going on. After about the tenth or eighth time, somewhere in there, like you know, halfway through, I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna stop. I figure he's just gonna keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. And then he kept, and he, and I'm just like, wow, dude. And I figured one, the last time, he's gonna get out. And he just didn't. I got so lucky. I was like, oh, my goodness.
1: Oh, that's really weird, eh, that he kept coming back like that. And, like, now you got me wondering why so many times. Like, just, the I only, guess, seeing your reaction maybe, seeing what you were going to do.
0: or But he didn't know I was in the truck. Like, he if he had, there is no way he wouldn't have. That's he true. Could, he, he couldn't see me laying down. I was laying down. If I had popped my head up to even look, I could just hear the car, and I just laid there like a board. I was like, oh, God. I mean, it's nothing but clear blue sky above me. I wasn't right. covered with anything. It's like he just was so far back. I couldn't even see the car because of laying in the back of the bed. So I could hear it, though. And I'm like, oh, oh, if he gets out, that's it. That's all he has to do is just look in the back of the truck and be like, oh, here you are. <laughs> and 12 times, my guess is because I was in like a residential area. And I'm thinking he sat there long enough the first time to realize I wasn't in either seat. Right. And so he assumed I was in the area peeing maybe, right? like in the bushes or something, so he was going to he was gonna wait. He's like, well, he's just not at his truck. He's somewhere around here. Yeah, so wait he just, you out. <laughs> yep, yep, wait him out, wait him out. Kept coming, kept coming, and I can't believe he just didn't once think, maybe the dude's crashing in the back of the truck. Ugh. Wow. So that then, is crazy. Yeah. So after that, I was like, okay, now we got to go beg the woman. Please, please let me back. And she took me to breakfast, and we sat down, and she said no, you know um and i was just like well all right then i don't just i don't know what i'm gonna do and she's like well you're gonna have to figure something out and you will figure something out but you know she was nice and she was really supportive and pretty cool considering everything right and uh she's like call your friend tom and i'm like oh yeah my friend tom i haven't even wow yeah okay cool and i did and you know i i explained my situation and he's like yeah dude you can you can definitely come hang out with me um but it's gonna be literally for like a week and a half bro He's like, I just got done doing what I need to do for you for another really good friend who stole from me over three months and just absolutely ruined my life. And so I can't do that again. So I'll give you a week and a half. And I was like, wow. Well, so I, I, I assumed I was going to have many months. Right. And he said, right, I would. Right. And right. he would have. He would have. But nope. He's like, you got a week and a half, literally. And I'm not going to I'm not budging on it. I'm not. I, and it's nothing personal. It's just I can't do it again. And I went, okay, then. So, I mean, we're, I had a, I had a couch to live on instead of the back of my truck and a real fire going under me. Because I was like, no matter what, like, uh, I have to figure something out. This is all going to end terribly. Exactly. Like, I have to find a job. Yep. I have to find a job. That's number one. And uh, so everything. So uh, the first thing I did was be like, well, I'm going to accept that I'm homeless and indigent and go fill out all that paperwork and try to get any kind of whatever assistance that there is and just – and see. And there wasn't much, but they gave me a little bit of food money. So I was like, okay, cool. I do need that, so I'm going to use that now. And um, I, I, I got back, and I was like, well, I did stuff, and I, I got the guy to help me with a resume. And mostly what happened was there was people there that made me feel like even though it feels like you're all alone, you're not all alone. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Even though it seems like it's very far from the world I just got kicked out of, like – like the other side of the tracks, literally kind of thing, you know, like, wow, I'm just I'm I'm in a whole different world now. And that's I I was cool with it. I can roll with the punches. But it was just a lot to to absorb all at once and still being an alcoholic and on my friend's couch now. And he's he knows he knows, but you can't lie to you can't lie to him. And and, and he's not really got a problem with it. But he's like, well, I don't want you drinking like excessively. Right. So then, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. So now in comes like, well, well, sure, I'll let him see that. And I'm actually drinking this. And I was stealing booze from him. He had like this giant fireball, fireball, no less. Like that's the last thing I would ever, ever. That stuff is.
1: I don't get that stuff either. That stuff is horrible. From what and, I hear, I've actually yeah. never had it, but I've heard well,
0: horror stories about it. <laughs> but because it was in the house, I was drinking it. You know what I mean? Like after the after, like at two in the morning when he's asleep and it's like, and I'm just like, oh, there's some in the in the fridge or whenever it was. I would just like. Yeah, so, yeah, I was definitely still hiding it from him, yeah, too. Yeah, and, Fireball. And, and, ooh. Oh, from I know. What that. I hear, from what I, and Jäger, and
1: you know Jägermeister, too, right? That green yep, bottle. Just, I've never oh. had that either, but I, a lot of people that I know, they're really big on that with uh, Red Bull. Like, they mix that with Red Bull and do shots of that, and I'm like, that, so now you're drunk with no hope of passing out. Does that, does not sound fun to me. Like, but I, that's what they do, at least where I live. They mix it with Red Bull. And yeah,
0: Jaeger bombs or something they call them. I've never done that either, but I'm just, wow, that's before my day. Yeah, and Jaeger is something else too, man. I, you know, the, the rumor that I always heard in college was, well, it's deer's blood or, or, there's, <laughs> or there's deer's blood in it. And I'm like, why would you even think that? And they're like, well, look at the front label. And when you look on the front label, there's a big deer in the middle of it, you know, with the antlers and whatnot. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a well.
1: big stretch still to drinking deer well, blood. Like. Well, Right.
0: Right. But then but then one thing, <laughs> the reason that was brought up is because we had a friend that was like, wow, dude, I've seen him drunk 15 times and I've only seen him drunk once on Jägermeister. And it was he was the devil. And he he came out of it and was like, oh, my God, I'll never do that again. And he was like, it was Jäger. And he's like, wow, yeah, yeah. And then he Crazy. tried tried it again later, and again he was an alcoholic, or you know a 19 a year old drinker, heavy drinker. Right. So he could handle his booze, he was fine. He was just a drunk. But man, Jaeger, nope. He went he he went evil. And
1: yeah, I know. was like that with rye. Rye, I can't drink rye. I never could drink rye. Like I lost friends by the shot because <laughs> wow. I just got nasty on it. I did. And oh. then I found out in my like I was telling you like all the males on the one side of my family, they were all alcoholics. And yeah. they were the same way with rye, so I definitely think it was an allergy or something to rye because the more I drank, the meaner and meaner I got. And I wasn't like that. I was never a mean drunk. I was always a fun drunk, like, and I was never mean. But if I drank rye, I learned very quickly to stay away from it because I think everybody's got a certain alcohol that does not agree with them, and rye was mine. Like, So that's probably what was going on with the Jager, right, like just some kind of reaction that they, their body didn't like.
0: yep. Yeah, wow. my my uh, my alcohol that I don't agree with is just ethanol. Oh, okay, that makes sense. All of it, right? every, <laughs> every every bit of it because and you know it didn't used to be that way and I who knows I I could probably convince myself right now here to tell you, "Oh, well, I could have a couple beers." And I probably could initially. Yeah. It would it would not end well. That That's I, how it starts. I know yeah. how that experiment would go, you know what I mean? And I could probably even riskingly right catch myself and go oh well let's just run away quick and never do that again and then be like haha i proved you all wrong but why would i even right. you know what i mean like it's just i i never even think about it and and the odd thing is is once i actually got sober like, okay, so now I'm on my buddy's couch. We're right, almost right. there. That's we're going ask
1: you to continue this.
0: Yeah, we're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. And, and, like, so he's like, okay, week and a half. And, dude, week and a half comes up. And he literally takes me outside every night to have a cigarette and a beer and we're drunk and hang out and good times and shoot the shit and be like, it's now this many days. And I'm like, wow, dude, right on. Okay, cool. Yeah, I get that's really it. I, weird. Yeah. Well, because he wanted me to make sure for sure. And I'm so glad he did, dude. It is kind of a, it's a bit of a hardcore maneuver you know it's like dude bro we're supposed to be friends yeah i get it you know and he was kind of he was kind of rude about it too but i i'm thankful that he was because it got me off my ass <laughs> i would have accepted every millimeter he would have given me and i would have slept on it <laughs>
1: yeah so he said so no, you definitely out. think you needed, you needed that hard line
0: oh in the I, sand I, you bet just just like uh just like I needed Mark Passio screaming at me, like yelling me at me to get <laughs> me to, oh, well, then I'll do stuff. I'll, I'll make content. I'll, I'll explain to people what I do know. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I needed that. I needed my woman to say, get out in, in a way and with a face on her that I knew there was no there was no arguing with that one. Oh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, my buddy, you got a week and a half. You got a week and four days. You got a week. You got three days. And so... It's day of, and that morning, this is so crazy, dude. Here's where they started. Here's where they started, the miracles. And it's like, I, I first of all, two days before, my woman texts me, and she's like, you got some mail. I'm like, oh, cool, okay, whatever, and I go over there, and there's my last check from my job that I got fired from. Oh, I forgot about that. I was like 900 bucks. I was like, oh, dude, that's rent. I, I was going to say, I, that's rent. <laughs> I, I can get a place. I was like, oh. OK. And then so but that was a couple of days before before he kept really hammering on like you got this much time. And so I was like starting to spend it in my mind on other things. Mm-hmm. And then he explained very like it was like just how it all played out. That day was when he was like, I really got to make sure you understand that it's this amount of time. And I went, oh, hmm, maybe I should just not spend any of that money then and wait till I get, you know, use it to get a place. Right. And day of the day, the morning. I had I had texted these guys the night before, and they responded at 7 a.m., and they said, yeah, sounds good. Come check it out. And so I do. I go over there, and I look at it, and I was just like, can I move in now? And they were like, you can move in today. Sweet.
1: I mean – Yeah, that's rare that people let you do that too. Like at least any time I've tried to rent. They want right. to like
0: – The landlord?
1: Pro- yeah, a right. The landlord
0: was cool with it. the The roommates were cool with it. Like, I mean – Now – let me tell you, when I get in there, and the guys I was with were cool, but, like, not really. I, like, it was not, nothing against them, but, like, that's just not where I wanted to be. And it's not who I wanted to be around. And the guy that had previously lived in the room I was now in had died of a heroin overdose. Jeez. So that's where I was. And, like, dude, that energy was all over me. Not not the heroin overdose, but my own malaise was just draped over And that house, it was like the epitome of what I really didn't want to be and tried my like actually lived my life not being like like nothing was clean. Nothing was taken care of. Nothing was in order. There was not a doorknob on the door for my bedroom. There was no the, the drain in the sink for the bathroom that I shared with one other dude was just forever clogged. I was just like none. This is just not who I am. This is not where I'm supposed to be and yet there i was and um what a so so no not we had not found bottom yet cuz now and now again on paper so even though the paper before looked like a good bottom now right. yeah. within within 2 weeks it looks like oh well we're doing pretty good again because i forgot to mention in that time of of getting out i also fixed his place i fixed i did some construction work on his place which just made me feel good about myself yeah, yeah. but i also got a job <laughs> I got a job. So I now have a job. I have a new place. I did some actual work. I mean, like, you're, you're not as much of a bum as you think. Look, you got kicked out, dude. You're doing all right. Mm-hmm. And, and I had never been lower in my life. And, and, and then now I'm in this room. I, I don't know that I found out that it was a heroin addict to who had died this room, uh, for a few days or even maybe a whole week but i moved into a room where they said well we're not going to be there on the first day and the gas is off so there's no heat you're going to need to make sure that happens <laughs> okay okay yep so like i said not the not the people i really just wanted to be around not the situation i should have been in but there's there i was so i took care of that and yep got that going and and um and now i'm in this house and again i just all i could do was drink all i wanted to do was drink all i could do was drink and i had to force I would go I would go buy some sort of bread and force myself to eat it. I'd have to force it. And I would literally chase it with booze. It was crazy. And then force myself to eat some sort of soup or something with like salt in it, you know? And then I had a vitamin mineral drink that I would chase my booze with to be like, Hey, I'm not dying. And um Yeah, there after a week of that, that is when I was I I don't know, I I didn't say, Well, here's my bottom or anything. I just I something snapped in my head and I went, I oh, need help. I just right. – I don't – I can't believe that that, like, thought never really came before in that – in those three words. I need help. Mm-hmm. But, man, I just kind of sat up in my chair, which was too big for my room, so I couldn't rock like I wanted to in my chair. I just my, – my computer, the DVD drive on it stopped working, so I couldn't watch movies like I wanted to. I was now down to two movies. So any kind of, like, normal routine that I had for calming and soothing, whatever – lies I was telling myself Mm -hmm. was all gone and now it was down to okay I can go on long walks and I can talk to my mom and my dad on the phone my mom very quickly became unamused and was just like whatever fix it Uh, you know you you call me with the same blubberings every day I don't have any idea of what you no idea my dad on the other hand was a little bit more like he'd been through it you know he'd been through AA he's he was an alcoholic I mean and so he at the very he, least. He got
1: it. He got what you were
0: going through at mm-hmm. the least. More. He got it more for sure. Right. Definitely more. He knew, he knew where I was for sure. At least a lot better. And he just said, look, you know, like he would talk to me. He would talk to me. He'd let me ramble and, you know, just wind around these stupid corkscrews of I feel bad for myself. And, mm-hmm. and he finally one day just said, look, I'm, you know, call your sponsor because I had tried AA before. And got to step four where they said, well, now you need to make a list. And I went, nope. I I, I remember him telling me that and handing me the paperwork. And the minute he said, you need to make a list, I shut off already. I already – the door went ka-chung. And he kept talking and I kept agreeing and I took it and I walked home with it or went home with it. Nope. I knew the minute he said – I knew the minute he said you need to make a list, I wasn't going to do it. And so a year and a half later, now my dad's like, you need to call that guy back. Oddly enough – kind of going back in the story a moment, when, I, when my fiancé at the time said, call your friend Tom, I was like, maybe I should call my sponsor. And her advice at the time was, they'll never have anything to do with you. You, like, abandon them earlier, you know, like, and and that's totally, the, like, the most wrong thing she could have said. I, I didn't really know that at the time. I kind of let her be like, yeah. So it intimidated me. I didn't like, yeah, I did kind of piss them off and kind of do them wrong. I shouldn't call them. Yeah. And um wrong. But uh I, I finally ended up calling him. Uh, like the guru super sponsor like is who i got like this guy was so uh well versed in the, the true version of what aa is and the heart what they call the strong cup of coffee aa the no bs we're not going to we're not going to take any easy way outs this is going to be the hard way out the whole way through mm-hmm. And so I was like, cool, that's what I – I know that's what I need. I didn't know anything about shadow work or anything, what that was called. I didn't know anything about how I was going to get better. I barely understood why I was able to stop smoking crack because of the the task I performed. I was like, I don't know why that worked or what I did. And so I called this dude, and he he just says, yeah, man, like, all right, cool. Um, I'm busy today, but you can come by tomorrow. You need to go right now and get yourself a bag of M&Ms and a Gatorade. And I went, OK. He's like, no, don't get any more du- booze. And I went, OK. And right. You know, I did. You know, I did. Yep. But I did. But I got Gatorade and M&Ms, too. And and so I was like, all right, here we go. This is going to be I'm going to do this thing. And um. that was uh that was the actual call. And that, I feel, is actually where things took a turning point and and when i continue on with my story i know that we're kind of coming up we got a thing here in about a minute yeah 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 like a couple so, minutes so
1: yeah definitely we can continue it uh, i'm just really uh appreciated, like so appreciative that you're telling us the story it's very powerful and i think you know it's addiction is such a uh, a secret thing that's that's one thing that i i've learned is that a lot of people have addictions and they they work so hard at keeping it a secret from everyone right even themselves in a way you're kind of in that denial state i know i was yep. um for years i was like i right, i can quit anytime i want you know and don't you tell me what i have you know you know all the lines that you give people yeah. when so because i would always have people along the way confront me about it in a lot of ways and then i would you know i would just bs my way through it like you know you get good at that as as mm-hmm. somebody who's in uh in a thralls of addiction and uh, you get very good at lying, like I was saying earlier, to yourself and to people. And, but I would, it, I need, I was like you, I needed somebody to finally really confront me about it and, and not budge on it. That was kind of, you need people like that that actually call you out on it and don't take your, you know, they know all the stories because they've heard them and <laughs> yep. they know kind of thing. Yep. So I get, the, I get that. And so, yeah, that, and I just think that, I just think of all the, I think back to when I was, drinking heavy and all the work i went through to try to act normal and all that it was just it was exhausting like it really was
0: the hiding is the craziest thing it is and (laughs) and when you go to the meetings and you hear other people's stories about where and how like obsessed they were about hiding it it's so crazy it's like what does that energy of that addiction carry with it that makes people do that because Mm -hmm. everyone even people that have zero reason They have no spouse. They have no one coming to find it. They have no one that's going to question them about it, and yet they would still hide it. They would hide it incessantly, and I'm like, wow, that's so weird.
1: Wow, that – yeah, and that's – I think it's because you're you're trying to hide it from yourself, I think, for sure. That's what you're kind of doing, right? Like I'm going to hide it, and if it's out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, it's not really there. That's why I know how powerful a shadow work is. So we can definitely start touching on that when we – Like, continue with your story and start talking about the shadow work and that because, as I was saying at the beginning, Jonathan, I think that that is the key to that unlocks so many doors is when you start confronting yourself and being brutally honest with yourself and for whatever topics you like you're confronting yourself with it not just addiction, but the reason things you believe. the why things you why you do the things you do and stuff so we'll definitely continue that i know we're going to hear break music any second now so okay just let everyone know to have a great break we'll be back in about five minutes uh so definitely grab yourself a coffee have a stretch and we are here with jonathan wright we are talking about uh addiction we're talking about a story and then we're going to break into and start talking about the importance of shadow work and natural law and all those great things so stick around guys and uh, we will be back shortly. I'm still waiting on bumper music here, but it'll show up. Right on. Yeah, I, yeah, was, I, I was actually enjoying your
0: guys' bumper music, and the and the show before you too. The guy, the dude had Rage on, and I was just like, oh, old school Rage man. There's oh, nothing like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was all inspired. I was all head banging in here. Yeah, was
1: good. oh for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of great bumpers in that. A lot of great hosts on on, uh, on on Revolution Jonathan, Radio. You got to check out, Johnson. Like uh, Jay Parker, which um, I listen to we'll all the time. Right back. Uh, yeah, listen I listen to. to... to, uh, to uh, couple other people like the red pill i listened to and then we got aragon i listened to and dreamer a lot of great there's a lot of great hosts on here i want to name them all but i mean i learned so much from so many of them and a lot of great
0: topics so i think yeah. you'll really enjoy it yeah and i've sent this to a, uh this inter- what Going we're doing right in. now to a bunch of people here um and i don't know how many people she are actually listening there. but that that website that you gave what was it freedomslips.com uh, yeah freedomslips.com and then Studio yeah. A, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. And I sent that to a bunch of people. So uh, I, I sent home. it to my normal mailing list, and then you know my my my, my, my people that hey, I send my my stuff to. So hopefully why there's some people it, listening right now. And if you are, wow. I give a shout out to you and say hello. Oh yeah, for World sure. Jump yeah,
1: jump? that would be amazing. For I sure, yeah. I'm really surprised well. there's no bumper music, guys. I don't know. I don't hear it. So usually, yeah, usually it's kicking in by like three minutes. You don't more, so. understand why we do it? I mean, I'll just keep going if I don't hear it. I mean. Sure, and usually it's on the top of the hour, and, but I'll just give it another minute or minutes. so uh, and see. Because I know as soon as we get into That's another yeah. topic, I'm probably going to hear it. But for some reason, I don't, I don't hear any. If you don't, it's definitely not showing up. Revolution Radio. I mean, yeah, so, well, I mean... So, yes, I was kind of figuring that kind of
0: thing. So number one, this is no no radio. A, I don't get, like, cut off. The or printing press the for freedom. Story, and all of a sudden, I hear me. At a time when freedoms I don't for sure. need I'll it, I'll right it the most. I'll keep right
1: on talking, dude. I'll yeah. keep on going. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's give it a second here. I just... I actually went and joined the chat room here. There is a, a chat room on freedomslips.com. that you can sign up under Chatsy and stuff, and so...
0: Oh, I did. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, is it in here for some? some is it in here? I'm in here. Hi, Rick. Uh, okay, I'm here, guys. School. Is there no bumper music? What's going on here? And I do not give. <laughs> I mean,
1: I have no idea. Usually it's kicking in by That's now powerful, and stuff and like that. Legal. But if it isn't, then I'm going to keep going. Yourself served. So, uh, sorry, guys, Wednesday I forgot nights, to go into 10 the 10 chat. I'm saying my And contract law. Okay. Pad, so, I guess I just keep going. I mean, uh, all right, well, that's law. cool. If you're good with that, oh, then we, yeah, oh, we'll cases. just continue. I mean, if the bumper exactly. music does decide to show I mean, up, then we can take a break of then, but I yeah, I you definitely don't, don't hear loser, any. Loser. Yeah. So, and if yeah. You don't all right, cool. Care, then we are going to keep rolling here, guys, unless somebody gets a hold of me and tells me different, but I'm not getting any messages from people, so, hey, we're going to keep rolling here,
0: like, numbers keep the shows on Fantastic. Yeah, yeah so let's continue. So, time, so then, we, really where we left off is uh, you definitely called your sponsor. Yep, I made it all. Great. Well, we and now, and now I look back in time now that I've been in there. Time to look back on it. See how things progressed after that And that was the moment Hello. That's what I had determined to be Wing. the moment and I do broadcast Oh, okay, hold on one second Okay, switch. there is a break here Revolution So
1: my I can't radio. hear any bumper oh. music So I don't know yeah, well, Let's take a break here Can Step you guys in on chat one, let me know freedom. When the break's over, like, I, I can't hear anything. I, I just hear you, Jonathan. I don't hear any break music or anything. So if you guys can help me out with that, and let me know. I'll keep my eye in the chat. and I'm just take a couple-minute break, Jonathan. And then, and and then once you they you let me know, they like, start track. going again, because apparently in, they're in, hearing the of yeah. music and us am talking. So. Oh,
0: okay. Well, then, so should I, uh, do I got time to run to the bathroom real quick? Sure do. Go ahead. Go ahead, and then whenever you're back, just let me know. Perfect. All right, perfect.
1: The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocopic Marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus-o-deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected by a
0: non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. All right, thanks for listening. While we take that short break here, at Revolution Radio FreedomSlips.com, and yeah, we're going to get back to your host.
1: All right, thank you guys for, sorry about that, for that little, uh, I honestly did not hear any bumper music in my headset, so I do apologize that we were, I was talking over it and stuff like that. I thought maybe they just forgot that the bumper is at the top of the hour or something like that, so I do apologize. Thank you guys for chat, Uh for keeping me, telling me when to start up again, and uh can you guys hear me? Are we all good now? I'm talking. Hello. I am back as well. All right. I don't know if anybody can even hear us. Uh, can you guys hear us in chat? In the chat room? I am watching here. Yeah, go. Okay, so yeah, got it. All right. Fantastic. I just want to make sure that they could hear us because they were saying that they couldn't hear us. This is weird. Never had this happen to me before. So thank you guys for chat telling me (laughs) to get me on cue and that. But just wanted before we start, let everyone know that you guys know it is listener supported here at Revolution Radio. So if you, you know, I always say it's you guys that are listening that make this all happen and work and there's lots of great hosts on here with amazing content and I think that it is great that you know if you can to donate because we are fighting to keep freedom alive and freedom of speech alive they're doing you know the social engineers are doing all they can to silence truth and destroy freedom and freedom of speech so I think it's a great thing to donate to many ways you can do that cryptocurrency as I was saying there's uh, several forms. you got bitcoin bitcoin cash ethereum uh pay uh patreon and you can also check out the store and lots of great merchandise in there so thank you guys for everyone who does donate and helps to fight against you know ending freedom because i'm not going to let them do it without a fight they're not ending freedom while i'm around anyways i'm going to try not to and speak out against it and thank you guys for anyone who does donate it is super appreciated so welcome back jonathan we got all the the break uh figured out Yeah, perfect. You know, yeah, that's perfect. Usually, yeah, usually, you can hear the bumpers and stuff like that, so that's great. I'm glad that people in the chat helped me out there. And so, yeah, let's continue. So, as I said before, the bumper music that we missed, that you uh, decided that you should, you got the advice to call your sponsor, and you gave them a call. And kind of let's just lead off from there, like kind of get back into it from there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, I made the call. And that was uh, ultimately it turns out that was the big that was the big one, um, because I think that's when my willingness that because I told myself, I remember sitting in the chair while I was dialing. And I remember, like what I said earlier, how the minute he handed me the thing and said, well, you need to make a list. And my mind went, oh, nope, we're not doing that. This is not the program for me. Right. Like I didn't even hear what the rest of the thing he said. I was like, "Okay." And as I'm making the call now from my chair in this room, and I was like, I will make whatever list he asks me to make. (laughs) And I I just remember thinking that, like, whatever he wants me to do, I'm there now. I just remember thinking that, like, this is – I can't do this anymore. Because, you know, before, like I said, I was – I could trooper through some – I mean – Just championship hangovers. Like you have, and just wake up and be like, dude. As long as I got a couple of swigs to get me to the point where I'm out and about, and then I can go get my own when the store's open, we're good. Doesn't matter if it's 5 a.m. Doesn't matter if it's 7 a.m. For for a long time, it didn't matter. I would wake up and have a shot or two, even, and just be like, Yeah, yeah,
1: that's crazy. I see. I wasn't one of those alcoholics. Now, something I learned too along the way is that there's. I think a lot of people think that an alcoholic is just somebody who drinks. From morning till night. And that's, and, and, but I wasn't one of those alcoholics. I was the type that I wouldn't drink and usually until like really close to evening time. Like, so maybe four, between four and six, I would start drinking in the afternoon. But my, with my addiction, I, I couldn't stop once I started. That's was my problem. So as soon as I had one drink, it was on. I had to drink till there was nothing left or till I blacked out and passed out. That was. How I drank. So I wasn't necessarily somebody that had to get up and have a drink right away, though I did do that at times. It wasn't what I how I normally functioned. I would kind of function throughout the day normally, and then as soon as evening came along is when I would tie one on and go, you know, right till I passed out. So I yeah. think a lot of people think that I, I just learned through uh, all the work that I've done that there is different types of addictions and alcoholics and stuff yeah. like that. It's not always like morning till night, you know, but for
0: you, you right. it, it kind of was. I got there. Yeah, I got I didn't start there, of course, not by no means. But like, man, you get to a point where and so by the time I was working for my good buddy, living in my buddy's basement and then working for my other buddy. Right. And doing the construction, it was like, get, wake up and have a few shots and go to work, not drink all day. I'd be fine with that Go all day long, working hard too, doing construction. And then the minute I got off. Oh, hooray. You know what I mean? I felt right. good about myself. There was no, I'm not an alcoholic. Look what I just did. Look what I just did. How's that an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. And so, man, I, you just you, you, you totally can go through that and, and do that. It's it's all good. And you do lie to yourself so much. And so anyway, yeah, I was a, I was a champion at being able to get through all that. And um, but but for a long time. Yeah. When I when I woke up and it was weird, dude, because I could go three days. I mean, I got into the legal system and they wanted me to stop drinking. They wanted my they wanted my urine to be clean. And I couldn't figure out why it wasn't even an alcohol related incident. And then but because I couldn't maintain like clean urine of of just alcohol, it's like, dude, it's booze. Stop drinking. And I'd be like, yeah, you'd think, huh? And and that's when I really realized, man, this is harder than I thought. I really just kind of can't. It's I I mean, I can quit for four days. I can quit for five days or six even sometimes. It's like, man, look at me. I'm doing great. And then when I would drink again, even then I'd, okay, we'll just have a few beers and a couple of shooters. And I went to bed and I'm like, see, I'm all right. I'm not an alcoholic. Look at that. I, I drank responsibly-ish.
1: I didn't black out. I didn't, yeah. I didn't
0: get kicked out. Look at that. We're doing all right. But it was, you know, so. And then it starts all over again. the you whole bet it does. Yeah, and then, exactly. And then, and then here's where it got real bad is so like I'm living with with my woman and her daughter. And so I'm constantly suppressing myself and lying and hiding So that when she does go on vacation, which she would, and go visit, like, family or go someplace without me sometimes, and that was cool. But now I've got the house to myself. I mean, do you know what kind of bad that was? Like, I would just immediately not go (laughs) to work and be drunk, ridiculous drunk all week long. And by Wednesday, I was calling the suicide hotlines just to have someone to talk and cry to about how horribly – I felt about myself about what I was doing lying to my girl while she wasn't here at home and they would be like and so she but she never knew any of that either you know what I mean
1: wow, like yeah. so yeah
0: like so, and they'd be like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm not even close to killing myself i just don't know who else will talk to me and they're like okay well yeah we'll talk to you wow. and one of the times one of the times i called the woman and then i had a half pint in my hand and I, I was talking to her, and I took a, a shot of the half pint, and she said, N- now pour the rest out. Just pour it out. And I did. And then I said, I can't believe what I just did, and I'm going to get in the truck while, with her on the phone. And I drove back to a liquor store and bought another half pint with her on the phone through the whole thing. And she was still on the phone with me when I got back home and then kept drinking. Wow. Like I, I, I did that, yeah. So that's where I was because no one because my girl wasn't around to just – subconsciously to to just make my subconscious suppress itself
1: right right and i I found that with drinking too like i don't know if this was like for you but i used to i i i found being an alcoholic a lonely like i was lonely like at, at night it was and it's hard i don't i hope people understand what i mean by that like yeah i would go to the bars and you'd be having a great time and while you're around all these people which aren't really your friends i learned that very quickly that the people i was drinking with they were drinking buddies at best Mm-hmm. and uh as long as there was booze around everybody was kind of uh buddies and getting along and everything like that and uh but as soon as i got home by myself it was such a lonely feeling like i i just i still remember those nights where it wasn't it was it was lonely that's the only way i can put it like i was just miserable like i was like okay i'm back from the bar there's no music blaring anymore there's not all the commotion going on and now i was stuck alone with my thoughts with myself and I would sit there and just lay in bed and and think like why am I doing this and this is not good this is I knew all along it was bad, I mean I mean I, that I knew very clearly but it was I did you find that was it lonely like do you know what I mean when I say that I well let's put it this way
0: I I totally know exactly what you mean um, I but I I didn't experience that because I never liked bars I never went out. To go drink, like I, I mean, never, not, not in my life ever, like even th- back in college. I mean, maybe we'd go to parties, but I never, ever went to bars.
1: Oh, never. okay, so I, very people, different. People,
0: yeah, right? very different in that regard. I was very much an at-home drinker, but, but, but with people around and parties, and then as time progressed, right, when you, so let's just say this, when you're smoking crack, it's not usually a very public or social kind of an event. Exactly, right, right. So then you very quickly become, I can do things by myself with no problem, and I don't need a reason or feel bad about it. So drinking by myself, man, I don't care what people say about that. That's just what I do. I don't care what they think. Mm-hmm. I drink I drink on my way to work. I drink at work. And nobody knows. And then I drink on my way home. And that was before I had left South Carolina to go back to Colorado where I where I could become a real alcoholic and really get with a good, good woman that could really help me get to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't stress that enough how... Important, that is, if anybody's been in a relationship where you are the receiving end of the story that I'm telling and you helped somebody do that, you did did that person such a service because I never could have gotten better. I never would have known that there was a better to be had I not gotten to go so low. And I wouldn't have ever gotten to be that big of a, I don't know what the right word is, but just not a good person. Um, Right. Without the aid of such a fantastic person to help me, even though she was really doing me a disservice, but in the end, it turned out to be a, the hugest service. She saved my life, you know, by, by helping me be a good drunk and then kicking me out at the appropriate moment and saying, you are on your own. Right. Now, that's what worked for me, and I, I really think that's what will work for everybody. Maybe some people aren't strong enough to actually go, okay, yep, time, to, time to realize reality. Right and they they don't make it, and I so perhaps I
1: just think it's it like for what i what I think is that it's very it's a difficult um decision like right, when you're a friend and i and I think about my friends that I had around me and my family and stuff like that and and I get totally what you're saying that you need the support of good people, and that makes a huge difference when you kind of have that support group that that understands what you're going through and they're helping you through it. But then you also, I always think about, like, it's such a hard place for them to be in because they also have to know when to say enough is enough, right? I mm-hmm. mean, so, like, like give me that line that your friend gave you. Like, you have this week and a half, and then you're out. Like, and it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I'm not your friend, but I'm doing, in a way, I'm doing this out of love to, to try to wake you up. So I think that a lot, maybe a lot of uh, people that are, I have people that are addicts and stuff like that in their life, I get why they're kind of frustrated because they don't know should they be supportive? Should they give them this hard line and throw them out? I think it's a really tough uh, position for
0: somebody to be in. I, it, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I agree with you. That is, I I, I don't put myself in those shoes very often because I didn't right. live them, and it's hard to. I, my side of this coin was so uh, traumatic and and crazy at this, you know, that it's like hard for me to in, 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 mm-hmm. even even imagine really what exactly she went through. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so. That's
1: that's what I think about. I just I kind of think like, you know, what are they going through and and then I think about what I put people through and I'm sure you went through you you think about that too or you did think about that like when you are in the throes of addiction like and you start realizing when you're kind of coming out of it like how many people you've hurt along the way and and lied to and stuff like that it's it's a big moment for it was for me when I just realized wow, I was not a nice person. You know, I really messed with people you know and i'm not saying in a violent way or nothing like that but very manipulative you become very good at that mm-hmm. as an addict you know to get whatever you need you start lying you're good at making people feel sorry for you and stuff like that and that was really a lot of work for me to deal with i i remember when i was when i got sober i was just i was really a, felt crappy about how i treated the people i loved and that were trying to help me
0: yep and and yeah it, it is it's it's um you just you 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 run people over, you really do. Yeah. And and it's it's where it's where that that fine line of um, you know for them, of and I don't I couldn't even imagine how hard that would be to go. Wow, this is you know I love this person. I got to kick them out. I got to say go away. Yeah. And and not only that, but I got to kick them out of my life because they're not gonna get better. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right.
1: Yeah. Imagine for parents and that. I just like wow. I mean that's that's gotta be i don't i i don't i just feel really bad like bad for them like have people that have to make that decision that is it's gotta be so tough and uh but and i also but I also get what you're saying that when you find that support group that you need that's key and um I think that you need some really good strong people behind you it helps if they know what you're going through and they have an understanding of it or they're recovering themselves because I was telling you like that at the beginning of the show that I had a friend that uh because of the covid lockdowns they didn't have any meetings for like 6 months at least where I in the area that I live so he he needed that support group I would go to the meetings with him at AA and stuff lots of great people there I would enjoy talking to them and learning and trying to help them the best I could and he didn't have that support group and that's how he ended up passing away is he ended up relapsing uh, after a few months of the lockdowns because he didn't have that support group. So, I mean, it's, that's why it's very dear to me that we're talking about this because I think people have to realize that having a great support group and starting to do shadow work on yourself and trying to get better is so important.
0: Yep. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, in that regard, um, and it kind of goes back, we, we were, we were almost getting there for some reason. I remember almost getting there and we didn't, but, um, like the start the real start to me of of getting rid of things like when it really started going away is when i was at the point and i ran through the steps in aa i was like okay i don't want to do the like let's take our time journey mm-hmm. and my sponsor kind of looked at me and and he he kind of looked at me and he goes and this is a 72 year old dude right with cancer and multiple collisions in car wrecks so he's all broken up and like but anyway he's like we're not going to do the take take a uh a month per step he's not like we're not going to do the he's like we're going to get you through the program and i went okay cool he's like you ready are you going to do that and i was like "Yeah, oh, yeah i don't want to i don't want to linger i want to do this and he went good okay. and so yeah it was uh anyway by the time eight and nine came around the steps which is where you make a list of people that you have wronged When you were drinking and the nine is going and doing something about it person to person, face to face and telling them what it is that you're not just apologizing for, but what can you do in the real physical world to make up for this event and that event and the time I did that to you and that thing I did to you. And also these four things that you don't know about. Wow. And when you go and do that and when you can literally track down everybody that you wrote down on your list and if you're honestly making a list, your list will continue to grow after you make it and, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy and you'll you'll do what you can. But when you really make that list and you really go and attempt to knock the, the people off of it by as many as you can face-to-face and then the next best thing is a phone call and then if that won't work because they just won't see you or won't have you or you can't find them, whatever, you know, a letter – and I actually had to write a couple letters – because they they just weren't – they weren't even taking my presence. <laughs> yeah, for and, sure. Um, yep. so, I yeah. I get that. Yeah. But, but the weight that gets lifted off is real. I mean you can feel it like – I know for a fact I, I released a demon. Uh, that's what I would call it, I, whether it was like a physical, like an actual characteristic demon. But I felt weight like literally being pulled up through my shoulders, like up through the top, not lifted off of my chest because I was standing as I was talking to this guy. And this was a guy that I had almost forgotten about. Like I had kind of been doing my thing and I had gotten through my list except for these couple of dudes that were still in South Carolina. And I was still in Colorado at the time. And they caught me. This was my boss and his brother from the glass blowing shop that I worked at for nine years for them. So they experienced some of my assholishness from drinking. And and I'm not coming in today or this week. And so they, they went through that. And he calls me out of the blue. And I'm like, oh. Sonny and me and Sonny got along great and then it was me and Roddy that didn't get along the two brothers right. so Sonny calls me and he's just like oh I was just calling to see how you're doing man I just liked you and I thought you were a cool guy and i was just checking on you I was like right on man I'm glad you are I need to uh, go through a thing with you and I, I broke down and I told him everything I was like I'm sober now and I got to tell you all this stuff and I'm, I can't you know I shouldn't have done that and I shouldn't have been that way etc I was wrong and I I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me and whatever I can do to make it better I will. And he's like, oh, you don't need to do all that, man. Damn, I was just calling to say hi. And <laughs> I was like, no, I, I did need to do that. And I also need you to give me your brother's phone number because I need to call and do that with him. Now, that guy, we hated each other. I mean, there was, there was. I mean, th- to say there was zero love there would be a misnomer because there was negative love. I mean, okay. wow. On both sides. And so I had to be like, wow, yeah, I don't hate that guy. I really don't. And so I had to call him and make that right. And I did, and when I when I made that phone call, and I talked to him for 45 minutes, and I had to talk to him for 45 minutes because he was so drunk when I got him, I wasn't sure that he was going to remember that I had called. And about 20 minutes in, he, like, realized the conversation. I, I, I could hear him realize the conversation, and he went, oh, like he just understood what was happening then, and I went, oh, mm-hmm. good, now I know he'll remember, you know. And so we definitely had like a 20 minute conversation after that of he understood what I was doing and he was starting to like it was I was pulling him out of his stupor a little with what I was saying to him. And he was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, wow. And um, I felt like almost lifted up a little bit, like like somebody was like grabbing my shirt and tugging real hard up. And I just felt this (laughs) leave up through me. And I went, that was something. You know, that wasn't right. nothing that I just experienced. I, I I didn't have any kind of epiphanies or feelings after that, just that something lifted out and went away. Right. So that's, that's powerful. Right. And that's yep. by that was what that was is ultimately I was I was confessing. I was stopping lying. I was admitting my wrongness. I was putting everything that I knew to be true out in the open on the table, which mostly was how I was wrong. Mm hmm. And that, I think, was the—that's the start of the shadow work. That's where it has to start, because at least for me, because of the amount and the level of lies that I lived in, and I was like, ah, oh, just stopping lying, I think, will fix most of this. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that—that's uh, why I, I always talk about the shadow work, and I was talk—I—I I really enjoyed talking about it with you, and when we were talking off the air, because I just think that, as I was saying, that's the foundation. That you need to get, that you need to build before you can kind of go on and learn about other things and, and start like, that's kind of what I had to do. I had to get honest with myself and confront myself. And I, and I, we both know that most people are, are terrified to do that, to sit mm-hmm. down and actually confront themselves and be brutally honest and ask the hard questions, right? You have to be willing to admit that you were wrong for one thing. And you have to be willing to tear down all your old beliefs. You know, because I, I was because I, I would question everything. I was telling you in public school, I drove the teachers and especially the priests crazy because I would be asking so many questions. Yeah. And so I did that always to myself, too. I would like, why do I believe what I do? Why do I believe this? And why am I this way? So I I would con- I'm always doing that. Even now, I, I constantly do shadow work on myself because I think it's an ongoing. It's not, you know, you do it for a little bit and then you stop. I think it's something that once you do, you have to do it all the time. And um. So, how important was that? When, like, I know that that moment when you started, you did the calls, and you—how important do you think shadow work is to getting this foundation and confronting the stuff in your life? Because I, that's what I think is a lot—a reason for a lot of the addictions out there is that people are bearing trauma uh, that they've had in their early life and growing up and stuff. They're kind of putting band-aids on it with that trauma because they haven't done the shadow work to actually look and uh, look in deeper to themselves. And I think then it kind of you kind of put that band-aid on it. And it kind of, I always tell people it is going to come back and bite you in the ass eventually. It's going to make its way to the surface if you do not deal with it. So I think that's where a lot of these addictions come through, and in many different you know ways of addiction, start yeah. showing themselves. So what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I I definitely think you're right in that the sh- well shadow work itself mm-hmm. is is crucial to just to having a, a, a decent life. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, like you can't, you really can't. And I've seen so many people and I've found that I'm, I'm, I feel bad for people who aren't, <laughs> who don't have some sort of big problem where they go, oh my goodness, I'm going to die or I'm going to confront myself mm-hmm. because that's what it took for me. And I didn't know that that was a thing to do. I, I, honestly, like, so when I really found out, like when I did my shadow work, ultimately I was, I was a liar and I had to stop doing that because outside of lying to myself about maybe wanting to quit drinking or being able to quit drinking or whether I even needed to quit drinking I think that's the main thing I took a party too long I guess that's what I did I wasn't I wasn't hiding myself from anything I didn't start becoming an alcoholic till I was like 30. And I wasn't doing cocaine and crack until I was 24 and 25. So I I, I was really I was a good kid all through high school. And even the first parts of college, you know, I just kind of didn't do that. So I don't think there was a lot I was hiding from myself personally from earlier in life, because I was always kind of aware of myself and like, "Mm," just different things. I don't know that I did quite how you did where you literally questioned yourself about stuff which is fantastic that's so cool that you would even have a mind like that like because i sure didn't (laughs) um but but it just came up it came up in different ways it wasn't so conscious i suppose so i kind of knew i kind of knew about myself pretty well um it's just that once this alcohol thing kind of i just kind of wouldn't look at it you know what i mean i would just take a drink and be like oh just not think about it really Mm -hmm. And then when it came to a point where I had to confront this thing, it's like, oh, my goodness, dude, I've let this thing grow into this just hideous monster that I I don't know how to get rid of. And it wasn't even again, there wasn't a lot of what am I hiding from myself? It was just like I I lied to myself that it was even that the booze was a problem ever. And I think that's what spiraled out of control. And I just had to see that I had to recognize that. And then I think the true shadow was that. Not that the booze was even hiding anything. It's that I was now living in a way that was pure negativity. I was lying constantly. And mm-hmm. so when you're putting off a vibration like that, that's what you're going to get back. And so 100 percent you're doing it to yourself and you're, that's also creating the drink. And so by 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 just literally stopping lying, that was my thing. That was my biggest problem. And when I was able to do that, like so much came off free, like, like calling that guy and just telling him, just being honest, like, dude, I'm just sorry. I, I, you know, I have no excuse for it. I don't know why. I don't have a reason why I drank. I drank because I wanted to. I really, that was my reason. They would Mm. ask, my my sponsor even asked me that. He goes, I believe anybody that tells you a reason is lying if they don't say because I wanted to. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Because I, because I couldn't, I couldn't give him an answer. He's like, do you know why you drank? And I'm like, "Uh, well, a lot of it was kind of because people told me that they didn't want me to or that i kind of couldn't especially when the courts told me i couldn't <laughs> it's
1: right. like then well, you're nah. like i'm gonna do it now you bet <laughs> you bet yeah. <laughs> right yeah because i know from my drinking this it was right after i like i was saying earlier when i got the doctors were i got my my disease diagnosed and then i i just remember hearing that and then it kind of just weighed on me like I kept thinking and thinking about it and what are people going to think of me when I when I start to show signs of my disease and stuff like that like it was just constantly in my head and then I just I remember start and I've seen people drinking in my family my whole life as I said like that was kind of a normal thing to be around family members and they would be drinking and stuff so I just naturally started drinking and I and I think it was because I was not I didn't want to deal with my condition, so I I that's what I, I drank. I know it was. I was hiding it, like just not dealing with it. I thought of you know, I was just throwing a band-aid on it kind of thing. Yep, for sure. And and, and, uh, and
0: that's a lot of people. And like you said, there's a lot of different alcoholics. There's a lot of different yep. types of drunks. There's a lot of different ways this really insidious drug affects people. Mhm. Yeah. So and I and I just know
1: that it, like and it, lot everybody's also like I like the way you said that not everybody's got maybe these big traumas in their life. That they're, that's the reason that they're where they are and they're not, not confronting it. I just think that you have to be willing in the shadow work when you're doing it on yourself. You, that's where co- becoming brutally honest is and then trying to lock down why you think the way you do and the, you have the beliefs that you do and stuff like that. I, that's why I think it's so important and is that because you are digging into yourself, right? You're kind of opening yourself up and examining things. And I think a lot, of, and I think it's by, you know, I know it's by design by the social engineers that they make people so busy now in life and there's so much distractions and you've got everything going on around people that it's very hard for people, I think, just to sit quiet and have the time to do that. I think, and I think, and I definitely know it's by design. They don't want people. Starting to get in contact with I guess you would call your spiritual side and the side of nature and stuff like that. I think that's what they fear the most is people connecting with themselves in that way and starting to do this work.
0: Sure. It is because Yeah. Well, ultimately I I, I have come to understand that really all of this all of this around us is is in our mind. You know? Mm-hmm. All of this is in our mind. And the uh, the mind, I think, is where it all it all comes from, the the, the Godhead, the ultimate mind, you know. So um, if they can mind control us and keep us from realizing ourselves on any level, then that's mm-hmm. what they'll do. And they can layer and layer and layer and layer things, keeping us away from the true self and to the point of, well, now they're trying to turn us into cyborgs. Exactly. I mean, so they've yep. gone so extreme that it's not even arguable at this point. Mm-hmm. but. But yeah, you can look back over the past. Let's just say, well, now let's say seventy years. So from the fifties, I mean, look at what when TV kind of came out, and they were like, look at this new invention. Hey, hey, we can tell you stuff and then show you something, and that makes it real. Yep. <laughs> and Boy, people yep. are just. And now we're well down that rabbit hole. It's it's just amazing. I I, I saw this uh, video that was it was Will Smith of all people. Of course, like he's you know he's popular now because he got up and smacked Chris Rock, right? Exactly. There's yeah. There's another distraction. And it was just this little video that he put together of how nothing is real, and he just did this quick 50-second thing about, well, that's, this isn't the beach behind me; it's a blue screen. It's not really a blue screen. It's not even there. And none of this is real. And ah, and and it was pretty cool. But it just goes to show you that, you know, that's kind of the technical digital version of what they've been able to do for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. that that level of manipulation where you see something but it's not at all what it really is you know they've been magicians they've and but with words just literally words is all they've had for so long
1: yep and they're doing a great they're doing a great job i mean the social engineers they have they have and i try to tell people that I, i like a lot of people i'll say to them like you don't realize what you're up against you're up against master psychologists that know the your brain better than you'll ever think, like, you could ever know it. They know the reaction they want, what to do to get a certain reaction. And you're dealing with such an evil uh, force. And I just think that people don't want, I don't know if they don't want to accept it or they just, they don't think it's happening. I For the love of God, I don't know how they can't think that. When I look around the world, I just see how horrible it's going. Like, I mean, where humanity is. And COVID definitely opened my eyes to that. In the last few years, that's what gave me the kick in the butt to start wanting to talk about it because I saw how quickly they started pumping that fear with the whole, you know, the virus and then how everybody just kind of went along to get along and ran into their house. And so I saw it firsthand how they were really hammering the fear and how much they can put people under this mind control. So I I get what, you know, it's really, you got to take your hat off to them, Jonathan. They're they're doing it well. They are doing it well. They
0: sure are. It's uh and and for a long time. And honestly, out in the open. In a a lot of it. Like if you're because how how else do you and I know about it? You know what I mean? The people that have been yelling it to us Mm -hmm. have just read their papers that they've written. That's all. And they've read the books that they've written. And they're hard, high level PhD type books, and they're white papers that get stored away in government addresses on the internet and or files in the library. And so Mm -hmm. no one ever looks, but there was a couple and those were called conspiracy theorists. Yeah, that's what we're called now. Exactly. But those guys were telling you the truth and they were they were getting excited and screaming, some of them even. And and, wow. Yeah. And everybody's just like, well, crazy. And like you said, I just don't want to believe that. Now, now they'll tell you all day long that they believe in Jesus and Satan. Right. And Jesus is your savior and Satan's out to get you. But. But when you start pointing out, well, then, okay, let's go off that paradigm. Well, let's look around and I think I can see Satan here and there and there and there. Exactly. And they go, "Mm, not so much. I don't know. I don't want to even think about that. And in fact, and what they're because generally that religion, what it teaches you is that let's not focus on that guy. Let's focus on Jesus and let's only focus on him and let's only think good thoughts. And maybe bunny rabbits and rainbows will save us. Yeah. And
1: and you always hear that good always wins. I hear that a lot from, because I do have friends that are very religious and stuff like that. And they're like, well, don't worry. Good always wins. And I'm like, good that no, (laughs) like evil can win. We, 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 evil is winning. I hate to tell people. Look around the world. Evil is winning right now. I I mean, uh, sorry to say, but good is not winning right now. And I mean, and another thing that was you were saying about is I, with the information and that like you were saying that there is people putting this information out there and that's the thing that really gets me mad too is that we've at this point in time in history we've never had so much information at our fingertips at in any point of history that i know of that where we have just at your keyboard there's so much information we're drowning in information but people don't want to look into it they don't want to take the time to look into it so they go to these other distractions right they go to watching movies and series and you know all these distractions without looking into that information that because there is it is out there. I mean if I found it, you found it, and a lot of other people that are teaching and have found it, it's out there. You just have to be willing to
0: look for it, yeah, and you have to also be willing to not just settle like i don't right. care who 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 it is if it doesn't if there's an aspect of it that doesn't ring inside me. And that's, and that's a big thing because uh, I remember a long time ago in my life, somebody – I was wearing a little uh, – I had a little Jewish star. It was a little Star of David, whatever, you know, the six-pointed star. Yep. And somebody said, oh, are you Jewish? And I said, no. And they said, hmm, why the star? And I said, um – I looked at him and I was trying to think, I don't know, let me see why am I wearing this. And I said, I think it's just because I'm looking for truth. And like the look exactly. on him – the look on him and his girlfriend's face, dude, because they were, I, I was, I'm a glassblower, so I was selling glasses at this little event, right? And there was just people constantly, all day long, moving through me. And, and they were just talking to me, and we were looking at my stuff I'd made, and he was talking to me, oh, a star, and I'm just looking for truth. And his reaction, he goes, man, that is a, that's the right on thing. I don't remember how he said it, but he's like, that's, I haven't heard anybody say that, and that's super cool. And I went, that was super cool, and that is what I'm doing. So, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, trying to, yeah, exactly. And I've and always when,
1: been somebody that wants to learn about that. I just, I've always been like that. I really want to learn, and I'm very open to looking at a lot of different things and different sides of things. And so, I, I, truth, exactly. Great yep. way to say it.
0: And, and when it doesn't uh, satisfy, or sound right i i I don't stop and if i find a thread and when i pull on it it unravels some stuff Mm -hmm. i i don't stop i don't go oh oh, it might be scary if i unravel this concept that i have of things and this belief that i have in things and this version that i have of the cosmology of things and you know let it all go because uh, you know realistically when you when you do start doing any kind of research into anything you'll go oh well the The mainstream, whatever it was, doesn't matter if it's religion, science, math, any of it, all of it. When you really look into it, the mainstream is lying to you. And not only and not only just lying to you, most of the mainstream stuff is like whole cloth, complete made up, like none of it's real at all. So it it takes you to go, wow, and the reason they do that, the reason they have done that is so that when truth does come, it's so drastically different than what you know to be real Mm -hmm. that you won't even give it a second thought. You're like, that's crazy talk. Yep. And here we are. And I mean... There are people that are getting it, and I'm – you know, I have good results with sending some people, and who knows what topics I'm talking about all over the board, just any kind of conspiracy that you can imagine, the fact that we've been lied to about everything. And some some people take it better than others. Some people go, yeah, cool, man, wow. I I like to find out how I was wrong and lied to, and I want to know more about what might be the truth, you know, versus people just going, oh, nope, I know what the truth is, and I'm not going to accept that because it's different. Yep. Yep.
1: You have to be willing to tear your old beliefs down. That when you start looking into this, and that, and I think a lot of people don't want to do that. I think they're very set in their ways, and I think that scares them too when they got to start confronting these things that you believe and questioning them and stuff. So I think that that's a big step for for people that they have to get over that kind of like a hurdle, right? Like, are you you have to sit down and start questioning why you believe what you do. Is it something that you've just been told to believe? Uh, All of the things that go into that. And that's, you know, why I always question things that I believe and am always questioning because that's what I'm looking for is truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are you afraid to not believe that? Do you know how much that's a real thing that I talk to people that are Christians and they're afraid to go on like a like a magical mystery tour with me for just a little bit? Like, let's just consider for a moment. No, I can't. And some of them even get to the point of like, like whispering to themselves about praying, like, oh, there's a demon in my presence. And I'm like, are you really doing that right now? (laughs) Wow, that's just unfortunate. Yeah, but yeah, it happened. And I'm like, well, okay, dude, I guess, you know, and and I just it's so frustrating. And and because such good, you know, there's so much good in that ideology of like, well, treat others right. And yes, but, dude, you got to be strong for yourself and realize that you save you. Mm -hmm. You are the Christ. The Christ is within you. And that story was co-opted on purpose so that you would never know the christ is within you you would be looking for the christ the whole time outside of you when the whole time you need to sit in a chair and go why do i believe what i believe and why do i do that thing i mean that's how you find oh i am the christ and then the 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 psychologists that you were talking about earlier these master manipulators which they truly are they lose so big time
1: Oh yeah, they don't want people doing this work on themselves. That's the last thing they want.
0: No, imagine if <laughs> imagine when we all start realizing that we are Christ. Mm-hmm. How like okay at this point now these are these are literally I don't you know wherever people want to go with it in their mind there there's lizard you know there's all sorts of different beings but we're talking about a class of evil here people that have accepted I'm gonna be bad and that's the way I'm going yeah. and when and when the others who are just like maybe even unknowing, but the ones that know for sure and they're like, oh, no, I'm going to be Christ. That's what my mission is. I'm going to vibrate like that. When those people start doing that, there's not enough room on this planet for them to hide. And this is just literally this isn't like a kind of a a bully thing. It's just like there's nowhere for them to go to get away from the radiation that will be coming from the high frequency of a Christ-like being. They won't be able to stay anymore. Mm-hmm. And they know this. That's why their whole game is manipulating our mind.
1: For hundred percent. Yep. And they start right in when you go right when you're born and in, put in school. And they know that, so they attack you young. They get you young, yep. right in the yep. school system. That's where it begins. And then you, and then yeah, exactly what you're saying. It is definitely they attack the mind and they put your mind in a cage. And they want it there, they don't, and they you know I always say they just want good little workers, little slaves that that you know just go do their job, don't question anything, don't question authority, whatever you do, and uh, trust that the government will take care of everything and just go do your job and then you know rinse and pe- repeat and do that for the rest of your life. The last thing they want is people looking into these things and questioning things,
0: yeah, you know and and you know, and when we let people do that and, and say that, and which is what we've done as a society. Mm-hmm. and then now we're at the point where there's that weird noel guy i don't know his last name and he's like from denmark or something but right. he's like he's like bill gates personal hero he's like klaus schwab's personal hero and like oh, the geez. most recent the most recent thing he said was well we're getting to a future where we're we're asking ourselves what do we even need humans for and this is at the Jeez. end of a long statement of how he's talking about we're turning into cyborgs folks he doesn't say it just like that but in his long much more eloquent version of it. He's saying we're turning into cyborgs, folks, and you're either going with and you're going to and you're kind of invited or you're not going to be. And then what do we want you around for at all? And then and then that takes us to the Georgia Guidestones where they says, oh, well, we're going to keep five hundred million of you for pets. Yep. But that's about it. Yep. I always point people to that. It'll literally be like a zoo. It'll literally because they will be if they get their way and on some level, they probably will. Like there will be a split, I believe, in timelines. And, and so, like, when that energy thing comes and that, that creation of like, well, the bad's gotta go somewhere. Yep. I, I don't think they just disintegrate. Maybe they all die. Maybe it's some sort of weird new holocaust kind of thing. I think there's gonna be more of a timeline separation and there will be, like you said, evil can win. Yep. <laughs> and there I'm will sure. be, there will be that experience because uh, now, having said that, I do want to emphasize that I do, and I will say that good always wins. But when I say that, I mean on the longest term overall giant picture scale that you can imagine. Right. So I don't yep. mean in the little 90 year life cycle that we as human beings might have and perhaps be experiencing, you know, the end of the Bible in our actual time. Good doesn't necessarily win here. Mm-hmm. Um, good in the end will overall win because that's all there ultimately is. Like the evil is just kind of like an imagination of like it's, it's only there from source, and so it, good has created all of it. And you know what I mean? So ultimately it boils down to, yeah, good will win, but if we have that attitude and go, well, dude, don't even stress the the, the conspiracy guys and all those people yep. because good always wins. It's yep. like 5,000 years from now maybe? So do you really yep. want to live the rest of your life in the start of, wow, you gave the planet to the bad ones? <laughs> I mean, yep. I, I don't. Exactly. I will die first. That's why yep. it's like, nope, this is my hill, dude. Like, you're not gonna when it, when the fight gets that close to me. It's like I'm certainly not backing down. No,
1: I agree, and and people have to stop giving their power away to like government and all of these uh, government bodies. You know that are that are. That's what I think people have to start realizing too is that you have to start. Of working on yourself and then mm. not, you know, and realizing that there's no legitimacy in, in the government and giving them these powers to make these laws up as they f- seem fit, you know, like objective morality and they don't, you know, we have to learn about that and and that there is such a thing as truth and mm-hmm. that's where i think the change is going to happen that's why i always tell people because they're always talking about voting and stuff and i'm like you're not this yeah. isn't a voting issue anymore oh. and you can keep voting it's never worked in the past it's not working now and i don't think it's ever. i know it won't work in the future because it's just based on on co- 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 coercion and stuff i mean it, it's it's not going to work that way we have to start stop pointing the fingers and and at, other things and relying on other people, we have to start looking in on ourselves and doing the work on ourselves. And that's why I love learning about natural law and objective morality and stuff. I think that once people start learning, that is when we're going to see the turn. That's right.
0: And, and and as far as that goes, yeah. um, You know, there is a law that says you get back what you give off. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I, I, you know, uh, Mark Passio, when he talks about it, he talks about it a little bit differently than I do. He talks about it over long-term stuff and on big global scale kind of thing. Right. Aggregate. Aggregate. I don't discount that, and I don't have any problem with his version of that. Um, What I do add to that is that there is this very much real individual and very much an instant karma thing where he will even say, oh, I don't think there's this instant karma thing. Well, that's fine. I do. And what what how I mean it is that your thoughts, your words, and your 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 what you're thinking, all yep. gives off a vibration, and especially when those are all working together, man, then you're actually powerfully giving off that vibration. Right. And as that vibration goes out into the universe from the from the the ripple that you have now dropped into the ether by thinking, acting, speaking, and feeling this way, mm-hmm. and those ripples go out. And they bounce off of whatever it is they bounce off of, but they do. And then they come back at you. And that's, so now you've got this, okay, here's my, what I'm putting out and here's what I'm getting back. Yes. And, and so I, that's just real, man. And that, that is a natural law. That is a, that is, you're going to get what you give and there is no way around that. And, you know, when you, when you uh, this this will kind of take us back to maybe when we st- first start deciding we want to quit drinking or when we want to quit doing something, and we have to do that initial like how do I, um, how do I get around that? And um, wow, I just had a brain fart, dude. <laughs> I knew oh, no, it would but, happen. No, you're doing great. I I, no, I, 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 was just, I was yeah I was going with a I was going somewhere with it and I it just fell off. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You yeah. know no you're
1: doing amazing and I and I I totally agree with what you're saying that that it is an individual, definitely, and I guess people, a lot of people call it like karmic law or, you know, something along that lines, like uh, they have a lot of different things for it. So they, but people have to realize like, yeah, we individually, we all have to individually be on the same. um, It's kind of hard to word. I know how you're kind of saying it, that we are, we all have to be, the best way to put it that I always say is that the more, uh people learn natural law learn objective morality and stuff like that the more free society as an aggregate becomes but we each have to learn that ourselves to get it to get the whole ball rolling and then the more people learn this you know so the more free we become that way the more freedom comes back to us in the world
0: kind of yeah. you know what i'm saying yep and it's 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 being aware of the ripples. And I, I yes, yeah. it's being aware of the ripples and then here's what I wanted to say. So when you first decide you want to quit and then you do quit and nothing gets better and in fact it seems to get worse. Yep. Th- that that totally happens. Like there's no mm-hmm. way around it. And what that is is you've just changed your internal vibration. But all those ripples that are coming back at you, think about how long and that's what that's what we don't have a we don't have a measuring device for when that first ripple goes out until it comes back i don't know yeah it's not instant like and, you know what and, I mean? and not only That's that yeah, it's not, it certainly isn't instant but there can be aspects where you're like oh wow well you know i'm seeing some things instant but it could be a long time after you've changed and then the world just crashes down onto your head and you're like whoa where's this all coming from you know what i mean like yeah. so so what that is doing is it's testing your resolve and take my word for this this is the real stuff when when you have changed and then the world seems to come at you harder it's that's your higher self really asking you are you have you really changed can you really keep that same attitude and say those same things and act in the same way mm. even though this thing happened to you and even though now this thing's happening to you and when you can go yep i totally can i get this and the I, the way to do it is to go because that, and i didn't even understand the the ripple effect necessarily on this level but i understood that's what i get dude i yeah. behaved poorly for a very long time so who knows how long i've got to endure this shit train that's going to come back at me yeah. but it's i did yeah. and i and even whenever things happen now i certainly don't look at it as like well that's a karmic thing i don't say that but i'm like that is a direct whatever it is result of it's an experience i want for one thing from a higher level and two it's a result of how i've been behaving it just is all, I, I look at all of my life like that, and then I can interpret whatever happens to me however I choose. I can be happy about everything regardless of if it's bad or good on paper because ultimately it's all on paper. It's your decision if it's good or bad, Who, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so you decide. You determine your attitude. You determine your mood. You have that choice, and the choice is always yours to make. Yep. And so always choose to be good, even if it hurts inside. Fake it till you make it. That's one place where that's an actual real thing. Like, you know you don't really feel good, and so don't stop working on why that is. But you can still present a a bubble occasionally of goodness and happiness and and pretend Mm -hmm. and put yourself there. Fake it till you make it, really, literally. Put it in your mind, see it in your mind, and just make that a reality.
1: Yep. And that that's and that's why uh I totally agree and that's um and what I know a lot of things change for me too and and we've talked like I learned so much from Mark Passio's presentations and that, and it really started yeah. giving me the vocabulary and and he really breaks stuff down. I can't recommend his work enough like i I really yeah. can't guys it really he explains things perfect and so. Uh, like he just bring, like slowly gets you understand it like kind of you got to start at the beginning and definitely work your way up and the way he breaks things down it really resonated with me in that and so and, I, and then the one thing I, I've always told people like when we're because we're talking about what's going on in the world now and I try to tell people that this is stuff that's we're seeing the results of what's happened from what we've done in the past is what's manifesting now like that's we're seeing the results of that so when you ask people like are we free if you look around the world I definitely don't see that we're free at all. I mean, okay. I don't see that at all. And I just know that as people need to start looking into natural law and objective morality, because they have to realize that as people's individ- people's individuality and morality gets in line with natural law, then freedom is going to uh, manifest from that. So basically, as morality increases, the freedom of the world is increases as freedom, you know, as morality decreases, and we start getting into all of the Trying to make up your own rules and your own morality and stuff, then freedom in the aggregate is going to decrease, so I think that's that work is so important and Mark does a great way of has
0: a great way of explaining that he really does and and I will go and say dittos with you uh about mark Passio because he I had not put everything together, I had been studying occult things and all sorts of weird stuff my whole life, and then I sobered up, and about a year and a half after sobering up. I heard Mark Passio uh mm-hmm. on InfoWars of all places and I was like wow who is this dude and he said I remember the one thing he said I was at work and I wasn't watching I was listening so I didn't see him but I heard him what he was saying and he said he said all um all regressions all all transgressions of natural law can be boiled down to one thing it's all theft yep. I, I just remember hearing him saying Me too. basically all sin is theft and I went oh dude I need to I need to find out who this is and listen to him
1: exactly because
0: i i said i i just even in my mind i was like whatever he's talking about here on Infowars is like he's leaving out most of what he does like because he said that thing and i was like oh that's so super deep and i i need to know where he gets that you know what i mean so i tracked him down and i figured it out and i'll tell you mark passio was what did he was the 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 bridge for the gap for me like for sure me too and i went ah and again i don't worship anyone i you know He's a he's fantastic though. And I his work is, is will will help you get yourself to a point where you can go, Oh, okay, I, I'm I'm I've got this thing. Exactly. And I'm just looking at the time. I can't believe two hours, Jonathan, flew by
1: like this. So I wanna wow. give you I know I'm probably not going to hear the bumpers here, so I know I'm looking at the time here and I wanna give you the last couple of minutes. Let everybody know, Jonathan, where they can find you. Anything you wanna tell people about yourself, the last two minutes here or the floor is yours. Well, thank you, sir.
0: And uh, this this did fly by, and I had a great time. This was me too. Uh, this was really cool. I'm I'm super happy that you reached out to me, Rick. And uh, um, so, but my um, my website is nothingnewunderthesun.us, and that website was created not that long ago, and so it's it's not like um, I don't know, it hasn't been around forever. And what I did was I would check out my mission statement. That'll give you an idea of why I did it. And there's a podcast header on there, so you can check out my podcasts, and then if you scroll down on that main page at nothingnewunderthesun.us, you'll see all my social media, and it's all there in one little spot, so you can click and check. I I post things on Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, just for redundancy's sake, and YouTube censors almost everything I want to do, so I use YouTube for a few things here and there, but you'll not really find my stuff at my YouTube site although I do have one. Okay. And so it's all, like I said, it's all there. And you're on the One
1: Great Network, the One Great Work Network,
0: for sure. I am. Yep. There's a big banner at the bottom, uh, at the top of all my uh, uh, posts that that has the Mark Passio's OneGreatWorkNetwork.com, and you can see when you go to that, you will see the main page with a player on it, and if you scroll down, you'll see all the content creators of which there are. I mean... It's, 59, I think. 59. Yeah, I was going to say almost 60. Yeah. And so, yep, it's uh, there's quite a few of us. And I'm in there. You'll see my name, Jonathan Wright. Oh, perfect. Definitely, guys, check out
1: his work. Uh, it's amazing. And I and I thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming and chatting with us tonight. You're welcome back anytime. I'd love to continue this conversation and talk more about natural law and what we've all learned, what me and you have, you know, have learned and stuff like that. So I'm that assuming, up. I I don't hear any bumper music, but I'm assuming it's kicking in now or whatever, guys. So I'm just going by the time here. So I see the time, it's, you know, I usually know it's kicking in. So you, thank you, Jonathan, for, like I said, coming in and telling us your story. I super appreciate it, and you're welcome back
0: anytime, my friend. Thank you. I would be happy to come back. Great. 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 And
1: thank you. And thank you guys for checking me out. I hope you guys have a great evening. And I will be back next uh, Saturday for now and uh, next uh, Monday. So take care,
0: guys. And you for joining us. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio. Revolution Radio.
1: Radio every Wednesday 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomsteps.com. The People Station.
0: This is Thomas, a.k.a. a Mad Painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. you opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here.
1: Hi, I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school, I am not an attorney and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A.